Welcome back. You're listening to this one live, Stories That Shape You. I'm Sharon Witt and my special guest this evening is Will Smith, who is an Australian youth leadership expert, coach and speaker, and is also the CEO and founder of JCP Empowering Youth. And uh, we chatted before the break about Will's early life, growing up in a shed with no water and electricity, and then going into the police force. So, Will, it's been great to chat to you so far. Uh, before the break, we were talking about you entering the police force and then after some time you've entered into, was it tactical response or special forces? Yeah, that's right. So the last few years I've been working as a tactical operator in the special operations group. So um, pretty much the teams that respond to, to our country's most high-risk incidents, yeah. And you were doing this in Tassie? Yeah, so uh, we did. We work primarily in Tassie, so each state has their own team, but we do um, some work, yeah, in different other states assisting as well. So, yeah, wow, pre- so you travelled interstate in- as well. Yeah, intense role, but something that, um, you know, I loved. It was, it was great, for, I suppose, for my adrenaline addiction, my impulsive nature, but also that sense of accountability that I spoke about. So, yeah, I absolutely loved the role. Yeah. What would you say are the biggest lessons you learned? Um, how long were you in the police force for? Uh, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Yep. What would you say the biggest life lessons you've learned um, through being in the police force? Yeah, look, I, I think policing um, has taught me an unbelievable amount of life lessons. But if I reflect back on my whole time in general, it's just my ability to respond to something that happens. You know, like we are just exposed to so many different people who respond to so many different things differently, whether that's death, whether it's a negative situation, something positive, you know, however it happens, you just have the the, the fortunate uh, privilege of being able to see how so many people react to something and see how you then can apply something similar in your life. Um, Yeah, I've walked away and I think that's the biggest lesson for me. I just, you know, of of so many life lessons, you get to grow as a person and unfortunately it it can be based on other people's mistakes or it can be based on other people's experiences, but you're just exposed to so much and and for me that was a big one. Yeah, I think for me one of the things that I appreciate about our police force so much is that these everyday Aussies, these these people that go to work – us very often the person that is next to us in our worst moment of our mm-hmm. lives like so yeah, many definitely. you know and for my myself personally going through a really tragic time the police being that one person they're really that that person that's next to you and that they have yep. to be that support person and um that is is something i hold really dearly and i think that yeah i mean you're often the first person the first responder for people in mm. great situations, but also in some of their worst times of their lives. Yeah, true. Yeah. So at some stage, you have decided to engage with young people at risk. Yep. And it sounds like you kind of had that spark early on in from really from year nine. At what point did you realize that you wanted to spend your spare time um, with young people at risk, particularly boys? Yeah, look, I think I finished the Year 9 program myself and, and wanted to contribute back. I, I always said, and it led me through to some leadership positions I had when I was a kid, but it was I always said, this experience has given me so much, I owe it, and I owe, I owe the community for, for offering me this, this situation. So, so I always gave back. I always, um, throughout school, wanted to do more youth programs, connect with young kids who I thought you know, grew up in environments that might have been similar to mine, different, or, you know, they may have been vulnerable at risk. However, 
Um, but when I graduated school, I wanted to continue it. So um, whilst working as a police officer for almost 10 years in my weekend spare time, um, I would always, you know, be off running youth programs, developing programs, assisting not-for-profits, assisting services, organisations in connecting with young people. I just think um, it's not really a skill set, but but being able to connect with young, impulsive, at-risk kids who, you know, are spending a lot of time on the street, it's it's just something that I'm good at. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but they just they like spending time with me um, and, and they, they like listening, learning and connecting. So that's always been something that, that I've done, um, you know, ever since I left school. But it, but it came to a... Um, it came to a hold in 2019. So um, we just finished a job uh, with the police and I, I was living on the northwest coast here in Tassie, went home, turned the TV on and watched a news story of this young boy in Melbourne who uh, had just raped and murdered a young woman at a Melbourne train station. Mm. And um, the realisation was that that young boy had actually participated in one of my programs and I'd actually mentored him for a period um, of those programs as well. And it just had led me on a bit of a, a goose chase, really. I started contacting every service, every organisation, anyone that we'd ever worked with and ran programs for, anyone that I'd volunteered for, anyone that had rang me up and asked me to develop programs for them. I rang them all up and I wanted to know where those kids were now. Mm. I wanted to know the kids who were on the same program as this boy on TV, where, where were they now? I wanted to know where kids that have been in programs for up to five years, like what were they doing now? Yeah. And every service, every organisation, every youth group, not one person could follow up and say, you know what, this is what that young person's doing now. Every single one of them said, our program was a beaming success. You know, we had research done on the program. It was all ticks. Everything was crossed off. It was perfect. The kids benefited from it but they couldn't actually tell me where the young people were a year after, two years after. So I started um, jumping on social media. I jumped on my phone, went for a drive in my car and started to connect with all these young people who I knew across the state, kids that I knew interstate. And I just wanted to see where they were now. This massive investment of millions and millions of dollars, what was the end outcome? Mm. Where, Where were they now? Every young person was either locked up, dead, not engaging in school, unemployed, not positively contributing back to the community at all. I don't think I ran into one young person that was involved in the program, that had left the program and and really had sustainable reform, like to to the point where all the programs had beamed that they were were that much of a success that they'd changed. One one organisation had the quote, we've changed these kids' lives. But every one of the young people that I'd been able to locate poster was like, yeah, I don't know, just that wasn't what I was getting. Yeah. So, yeah, so then we, uh, I just sort of, I don't know, I, I actually went to, to, to the police and handed my resignation letter in um, with the intention of just committing the rest of my life as, to service of young people to try and create sustainable outcomes. And luckily for me, the police didn't accept my resignation oh. letter because... Uh, Good. I needed their funding uh, to <laughs> assist me in my own personal life. But um, what they did do is they lowered my FTE right down to yeah. the point where I only needed to go to work when something was happening um, and when they really needed me. And, and 
you know, a bit of a favour that Tasmania Police pulled for me was that, you know, you can then just go and do what you need, but we've got your back. You know, if you need more work and need more money, you can come and work as much as what you need. So, oh, that is remarkable. That it is. is. That is and a remarkable really thing to do. Really grateful to them uh, for doing that. So, and so I did. So I went out and started an organisation that I call JCP Youth. Um, and uh, the whole purpose of this organisation is to try and create programs that have no end date, programs that are all about sustainable outcomes. We want to try and impact kids who, um, you know, are, who are at risk and who are vulnerable, and we want to drive sustainable outcomes in their life. Yeah. Not just my biggest gripe is that we take in most youth programs we take young people out of their environment. We teach them a value-based system and then we put them back in their environment and, and just sort of go, hey, wish you well, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. JCP Youth is all about teaching them that value-based system, teaching that moral compass, teaching them how to live a successful, sustainable life in their environment. Mm. So it's working with them in their current environment. We know we can't change their environment. That job's just, it's beyond me, but I can change them in their environment. I can teach them how to, how to live a happy, successful uh, life surrounded by what they're currently surrounded with. And that's the purpose of the programs that we created. That is incredible. Did you, while you were still policing, did you, does it cross over at any stage? Were there times where you would see young people yeah. that you would, you know, you might have to use your, like I say, your teacher voice, um, you know, yeah, in a professional yeah. capacity, and then you're also working alongside them outside of, you know, your your policing job. Was that difficult? Yeah. Yeah, look, it did. It did cross over. I think I was fortunate because in special operations, you don't interact with the public. You know, you you're given a job and you go do it, and it's and you don't have interaction with kids yeah. really. Um, so I was lucky that um, I was lucky that my exposure was quite limited. But but it was also beneficial. You know, for me, um, you know, my communication skills I think are something that. Um, are quite good. My academic skills are probably not quite where they should be, but I've got good communication skills. So actually communicating with kids and being able to um, use the fact that I was a police officer as well to try and um, build or break down barriers between kids and the police and also build up some respect between the police and the kids and the kids and the police as well. So um, I, I didn't have any issues with it at all. I never lost any connections with young people because I was a police officer. Yeah. But uh, it definitely created a barrier to overcome at times, yeah. yeah. What has been some of the best success stories you've had out of running JCP Youth? Well, look, he, we, we, when we, I, I ran the program in the Middle East to start with, um, and I'm happy to touch on that. Wow, but yes, the, please. The, the, the biggest success story uh, is when I came back from the Middle East um, and we, the purpose of the Middle East was to work with young people who were at risk of Islamic State recruitment. So mm. we wanted to work with what we consider to be the most at-risk and vulnerable kids in the world. The reason that we chose the Middle East is because the program that we run at JCP Youth is all based around influence. Mm. And the biggest influence for me is turning a young boy who lives in a country area in the Middle East when Islamic State fighters come in and can influence a young boy to join up to a terrorist organisation and commit his life to that terrorist organisation, imagine if we could influence them the complete opposite way. Yeah. So that's why we chose the Middle East. We work with 236 kids between the Lebanon and Syria border, which is the highest Islamic State recruitment area in the world at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a massive impact over there. But 
the biggest success story was back here in Tasmania. When we arrived from the Middle East, we chose 10 boys from across the state. 10 boys who were youth offenders, who were at risk, who were vulnerable, kids who may not have been attending school at all. Uh, and we chose kids from across the whole state, so not just one area. To the, the, the success of that is that of those 10 boys, to this date, 2021, three years on, eight of them are student leaders this year in their school. Two are school captains. Yeah. Of the two boys that aren't student leaders in their school, one has an apprenticeship and is working full-time, and the other has just changed schools um, just due to a, a move in cities of where he's living. All of the boys have a 0% offending rate and above 80% attendance rate at school from the date they started the program. Wow. All of the boys uh, that are in the program, they all have graduated and work with us as youth leaders on the program. All of the boys um, have change projects that they contribute in the community. Some feed the homeless, some run a racism immersion, some run a bullying campaign. Some of them have a give back program and they give random acts of kindness. Four of the boys have been recognised in the Tasmanian Volunteering Awards. Um, three of the boys uh, have been recognised as national youth leaders. And out and above that, five of the boys are CCYP ambassadors, which is a government-led leadership program. Um, so wow. that's just the first 10 boys that joined the program. We've since now working with a lot more. But we run a lead... The purpose of JCP Youth is actually a leadership program. Mm. So, so we don't focus on youth offending. We don't focus on getting kids back to school. They just do that because they're part of the program. Um, we run leadership content every day with them without fail. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, once they join the program, they have, they have contact with us every day. Wow. Oh, Will, honestly, I could talk to you for a whole other three shows. There is so much we could cover, but unfortunately we've run out of time. Um, I just want to thank you, Will, for, for playing your little part in this world. You know, just I think impacting positively one boy's life and turning it around for the good so that he goes on to have a successful life is, is worth it. And the fact that your programs are positively affecting so many young people is just a credit to you, but a credit to also um, your tenacity and your ability just to engage with them. So I want to thank you so much, Will, for your time. Thank you, Sharon. I have absolutely loved chatting with you and um, I look forward to hearing more about um, your success over the, the coming years. So thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much. Cheers. That's all we have time for this evening. I'm Sharon Witt. You've been listening to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. Until next time.